I was just saying. I don't care about your opinion. I just well, I'll think... tell you what I think. What's that you say? Would you just listen? I don't think so. Remember, ladies, one must not get one's knickers in a twist. I just... Please listen. I'm trying to help you. Listen. I don't think so. Excuse me. Well, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Hey. Hey. Listen. Shut up and listen. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Shut Up and Listen with Heather Matarazzo. Who's that? That's me. Um, I Forgive me, I, I'm just saying from the top, it is hot as fuck in Los Angeles right now. It is hot as fuck. And we've just moved and we don't really have air conditioning and it is hot, and it is humid. I don't know why I left New York, um, if the humidity was going to come chase me in Los Angeles. Um, And, you know, thank you for listening, wherever you are. Um, I want to give a special, um, not even shout out, just send in fucking love and, and hope to the people that have been affected by this hurricane, do not donate to the Red Cross. Do not do that. Don't donate to the Red Cross. Um, There's local charities, organizations that you can donate to. But again, always be careful with um, where you're going to be putting your money. It does take a little bit of research and a little bit of work. But again, it's worth it. If it the few extra minutes it takes to make sure that you know exactly where your money is going and how it's going to be utilized, um, is, is worth it for the people then that are going to be able to gain access to housing and clothes and whatever else they need. Um, so donate if you can, whatever you can. It's been so beautiful to see so many people, um, coming together and that's kind of the sick irony when you're dealing with a tragedy such as this, um, you know, it's the, the, the silver lining in the cloud is, is always a little bit bittersweet. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, the woman that I, I have sitting right next to me, um, I've known probably since I was like, 14, 15, 16 years old. Um, and, and she's an activist and she's an actor and she's just an all around brilliant, beautiful, magical being. And her and I also got to, uh, stump for Bernie Sanders, uh, during the primaries, which was great. Um, Francis Fisher, everybody. Welcome. <laughs> I'm melting. <laughs> I know. Jesus. Oh, my gosh. It's unbelievable. But, you know, in comparison to what's happening in in Texas, uh, we have nothing to complain about. That, you know, we just have to keep perspective. That is very, very true. But it's like it's like 107 degrees around. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but we're drinking cold rosé. So that's nice. That helps. That I does mean, help. 
And, you know, you were talking about uh, not donating to a certain organization. Yeah, I did some research last night, and um, I found a place called uh, Austin Pets Alive. <gasps> They're taking animals. Yes. They're amaze, an amazing group. You can also donate to Shelter Box USA because they actually send, they've been sending tents, school supplies, things that are important to what's happening on the ground in uh, in Texas. Perfect. You know, and you're right, doing some research to find all the organizations, and a lot of local organizations are good. And not to just think about Houston, think about the outlying areas. Yes. You know, I grew up in Orange, Texas which is near Beaumont, and Beaumont is getting hit really, really hard. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. you know, it, it, it really does prove that climate change is a hoax, and <laughs> it doesn't exist. You know, just look at the evidence. Well, you know, the thing is also is that I, I was, again, reading today about how a lot of this could have been prevented because the way they've been building roads lately, the way they've been building ways to uh, run off could be handled better, but everybody's doing things on the cheap and trying to cut corners, and this is what happens when you cut corners and you don't build correctly. However, the oil refineries are fine. Well... You know, and that's down though, yeah, right? Because there's leaks and stuff. um, But it's there's the willingness to cut corners in the communities and places that don't quote unquote matter. Yeah. Um, And I feel as though like that's actually the way that it's always been. It's not something that's Mm -hmm. new. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the difference is, is that we now actually have resources, technology, whatnot to be able to expose um, the truth, you know, about how those corners are cut in what ways and and. And the why behind it, which is always mm-hmm. greed, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. I, the, some of the stories coming out of Texas are extraordinary. The way um, neighbors have been helping neighbors, of course, we've read all that. But I, I wrote, read a heartbreaking story last night about a family who got in their car with their animals. Their two, the family was so large, they had two cars all their animals, and they went to the one place that they finally found that was open, which is a Holiday Inn. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't let them bring their dogs inside because they were too big. So the family had to take turns sitting outside in the car with their three big dogs throughout the night, throughout the day, just so that they wouldn't freak out <clears throat> because they were not allowed to come inside. Now, come on. I mean, in an emergency... You're not going to let do- that holiday and said that that's not that, that's not their policy. Well, it's it's the flood. It's of, of biblical proportions, as we know. Everything. Did you, did you hear about the guy? I'm sure that he opened up his mattress and um, furniture store. Yes. And let people come in. How beautiful is that? It's amazing. Yeah. But meanwhile, uh, Joel 
Oh, Austin. Charlatan. Yeah. <laughs> Saying that nobody asked him. Like, like, yeah, well, the city didn't ask. However, you as a quote-unquote man of God who takes his cues from the Bible, Jesus, whatevs, right? Mm, yeah. Um, but you're waiting for the you're waiting for the city as opposed to yes stepping up like a man like anyone like a know. human being yeah. just a human being there were people who were opening their homes to people that they didn't even know and this yeah. one woman would say but you don't know me sir she goes he goes i it doesn't matter you need a place to stay we have an extra room come stay with us that's what people do when and tragedy Happens. And that's what I think is is again it's it's the bitter irony of life, right? Where mm. if you think of it just being a normal day, right? And there is somebody who has lost their job, you know, they're they lost all of their money because their wife was fighting cancer and the wife dies. And they end up losing their home. They end up losing everything, end up on the street, and they're homeless. Nobody is saying, hey, I don't know you, but I've got a spare room. You can come stay with me. It's only in those moments of an incredible, incredible, incredible tragedy that I feel that people wake up um, People wake up out of their apathy slash frozen terror and restore themselves to their humanity, you know, because everybody is feeling the same thing, which is terrified, right? But if somebody is in the comfort and safety of their own home, you know, they're not going to be willing, and I don't want to say all, but most cases they're not going to be willing to open up their home to another because it's inconvenient. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I just find it, I just find it very, very interesting. Um, how we deal with tragedy, what people's actions are during tragedy. Um, the ones that are willing to help versus the ones that like that fuck wit, reporter from ABC in Texas that called the cops on people that he said were quote unquote looting where I didn't hear that one. Oh yeah. This, this cop from not this cop, this reporter from ABC in Texas, somebody tweet me his name later. I forgot it right now. Um, but yeah, call the cops and like people that were in a grocery store after it was abandoned in order to get food and water and necessities, right? Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is just surviving versus the gas prices and seeing that it's like 8 to $10 a gallon oh. in certain places and $55 for a 12-pack of fucking water. Yeah. That's looting. That's, yeah, taking advantage of, of a terrible situation a friend of mine is an insurance adjuster who had, he and his family moved out here but he decided he was going to go back and help uh in texas because they're from houston and 
to rent a car, they doubled the price of renting a car there. It's just outrageous. And then, you know what? I thought, if I had a a store and I couldn't get there to do business, I would hope that somebody would open that door and take what they need because they're human beings. Yes. And somehow, if they get back on their feet, we know that they would be repaid. It's not like looting and doing something horrible. It's about survival. I know. And like, I, I mean, it just... Yeah. It, ugh, for fuck's sakes, like, I, I... I don't know how this last year has been for you, Francis. <laughs> but it's, you know, like, here we are. We're almost, it's almost September. It's almost September. It's going to be September in two days. And thinking that it will, that fuck nugget will have been like it's almost been a year and you and I haven't talked really since it's uh it's the most surreal experience I've ever been through besides acid (laughs) decades ago (laughs) it's like one long extended acid trip that just keeps getting worse and worse and worse that's a that's a bad tab (laughs) That's a bad tab. You should get a refund. You just realize that there really is nobody in charge. That's the, the scary thing. There's nobody who's in charge. And do you mean that literally, figuratively, metaphorically, on all levels? Well, you you know, how is this government, government run? I mean, when is somebody... He, he's certifiably insane. Everybody yeah. knows it. Therapists have 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 diagnosed him. Yes, and everybody is still trying to question. Well, why did he do this and why did he do that? But now it's gotten to the point where sometimes the mainstream media and they don't always get it right all the time, but they're literally laughing at him. And meanwhile, being laughed at, our our standing in the world, even if it was um, a, a veneer of being a world leader, that's all come crashing down. Mm-hmm. Because the truth of, of what's behind the veneer is exposed for all to see. Yeah, which to a certain degree is absolutely amazing because I always say you can't fight a monster in the dark. Mm-hmm. It needs to be exposed to the light. And it, now that we actually... and And I want to amend that in the sense of The indigenous people of this country, people of color, every other um, minority mm-hmm. with this, this country, <clears throat> to one degree or another, because there are so many different variables, um, like have known for a long time what the truth is mm-hmm. about this country. Mm-hmm. But really... Most people have just woken up within the past year. It's been, you know, you're absolutely right. Because behind every horrible thing is a silver lining and there's an awakening. And to see white people 
finally starting to freak out and thinking that they're not safe, I think, has been a good thing. Has been a good thing. And I feel like, and this is just for me, right? And and I've spoken about this openly and I've spoken about this honestly, where I thought I knew and I thought I understood, you know, um, my friends who are people of color. I, I thought that I knew. I, I thought I got it. I thought I understood. And then I remember the day after those results came and I woke up and I started sobbing. And I woke up in a genuine terror. I was like, oh, fuck. I thought I got it but I didn't fucking get it. And even in now, quote unquote, getting it, I will never fully fucking get it just based upon the color of my fucking skin. Like that I know without a shadow of a fucking doubt. Um, and, And so I feel like the first step in admitting that like, like the first step and admitting you have a problem is like admitting you have a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like most white individuals that were scared, that's great. But I feel like it needs to go further and further and further and further and further and further and further. And further right. Well, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, we, we can all, we can all learn the thing they, I, you know, I, I read Abraham and um there Jerry was a and quote, Hicks. Yeah, yes. yeah and there was a quote <clears throat> i i don't have it in front of me so i'm paraphrasing but it's basically saying that there is truly no way that we can understand the experience of another person because every individual has such a unique experience mm-hmm. huh? yet in the non-physical is where all diversity is is um, honored and respected and celebrated because only through our diversity can we grow and have different experiences than our own same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's a learning experience for sure. I mean, that's what we're here for, right? I mean, my experience um, finally going to Standing Rock, I I was learning about it uh, through Shailene Woodley and Josh Fox, who brought it to my attention. And I started following it and realizing what all the issues were surrounding Standing Rock. The foremost, of course, was the protection of the water, Yet when you dig deeper and deeper and deeper, I started learning about the experience of our native people, which is something that I never knew because I didn't get the schooling because it's not in our history books. Yeah. What actually happened to them. It's a, you know, maybe a paragraph. Yeah. I did read um, Howard Zinn's People's History of the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, yet talking directly to people who are the descendants of the people who were horribly mistreated, raped, tortured, 
murdered, slaughtered. And to, to hear the stories, because it's an oral history, it awakens something in me that has not gone to sleep. Mm. And I just have to say that on this day that we're here talking, yeah. a great historical event occurred here in Los Angeles. I <laughs> and I must say it is a win that is so huge for indigenous people all over the world because Los Angeles has, uh, has, has gotten rid of Columbus Day and made the second Monday in October Indigenous Peoples Day. Yes, yes. Which is honoring the people who are native to this land because everywhere you walk, in North America is Indian land. They have t-shirts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're walking on Indian land. And just that knowledge, which is something I did not even think about until I went to Standing Rock. And my friends were telling me that, yes, all over this country, the Tongva Nation are here in this city. Yes. And I started meeting them. They were here before anybody. Yes. 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 And they still don't, they're still not recognized. They don't have even a reservation. So to, 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 to see who these people are still today and the resilience that they have to keep teaching their children uh, the ways of the elders, yes, the language, the yes. songs, the dance, yes. passing the stories on. It's remarkable. And how was it for you as a white woman going to Sanding Rock? And I remember <clears throat> um, I'd wanted to go. And I was going to pray about it. And I was going to meditate about it. <clears throat> and I intuitively felt like that that is not where I would be able to best be of service in general. So I didn't go. Um, and I remember you had done a periscope from, I think, your hotel room or somewhere that you were. And you were saying, you were talking to other people that had celebrity, credibility, whatever the fuck you want to call it saying, like, do not come here. Like, if you think that this is for some sort of exposure, do not come. And I loved that you said that. And, and that's one of the many things that, like, I love about you and I've always loved about you is that you really, you have what I like to call the divine fuckets. <laughs> I've never heard that term but, before. But that, that is a Matarazzo original. Um, yeah, like the, a case of the divine fuckets where you not only talk the talk, but you also walk the walk. And, and with that, where I feel you differ from a lot of individuals is that you're continually um, teachable. 
Mm. is that you're always willing to learn and you're always willing to grow as opposed to what I find, especially in today's pseudo fucking culture of activism where people that are prominent are willing to speak out about things that make them quote unquote look good as long as it's convenient and fits in with <clears throat> their branded narrative as opposed to someone like you, someone like Shailene, you know, um, Matt McGorry. Oh, Matt. Um, oh, Matt. Matt. Oh, my God. is incredible. Um, and you're willing to actually be on the front lines. You're willing to get shot with water cannons in freezing cold temperatures. You're willing to be arrested. You're willing to do whatever it is that you have to do um, for the greater good. You're willing to be inconvenienced in every single way possible. And most people, especially in this business, are not willing to do that. Well, I, I don't want to make this a discussion about you know how I do it versus how anybody else does it because, again, it's an individual thing. But um, I, I do things because I'm moved to do it. As I was coming over here, I was thinking, oh, we're probably going to talk about my acting work. Because I, I, still, I still am an actress, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Although, what I did want to say, and I'll, we'll get back to that yeah, thing yeah, about yeah, yeah, activism yeah. Um, and about white privilege and how important it is to just keep your mouth shut and listen, mm-hmm. especially when you're going into somebody else's situation. I got that loud and clear. I could feel the vibes. You know, it's like I am on somebody else in somebody else's territory, in somebody else's world. Let me just be quiet and listen and see how I could help. And there were plenty of ways I could help. And it's not <clears throat> Yeah, there are there are uh I was with uh, briefly with somebody in the business that was uh I think it was a manager or something like that. Well, give us a list of all the issues that you care about and we'll plug you in. And that is effective, but I think that for somebody who is young, who doesn't really understand what activism is, I don't know if that's the best way, because sometimes it's not the smart thing to be out there as a figurehead if you haven't done the work and, and know, know what it's like to be a boot, boots on the ground and come up through the ranks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, it's not, not, yes. and, and not to say, because I read some article... That somebody sent me, I can't remember, it was LA, LA Weekly that said celebrities are not going to save the movement. We're talking about the, the, the political movement now. Well, whoever said celebrities would. I mean, I think, I, and I hate that word celebrities, I can't believe I said it, but I was quoting a, an article. Um, well-known people can amplify a message, and we all know that, and that's valuable. Mm-hmm. I don't think a well-known person is going to affect the way somebody votes for president. Yes. They may get you to buy that particular lipstick they're wearing in a magazine article because it looks good on them and you've got the same coloring, whatever. But the idea that um, someone who is famous because you love the way they act is going to translate into you making a political decision. I, but you know what? P- 
pardon me, look who we have as president. Never mind. I just take it all back. Yeah. No, I'm, but it's, you know, like you look at the oh, night. I, I know. Dude, it's, it, it's, I mean, for fuck's <clears throat> sakes. Like, it, uh, I know. And then, okay, there was something I was going to tell you. Oh, I know what it was. I forgot. Ah, oh, the heat. Ah, oh, the, the oh, you know, heat. on on the way over here. Oh, I know what it was because I figured we were gonna we were gonna lead with. Oh well, Francis Fisher has done such and such, and yeah. I'm so glad you didn't bring my IMDb out here because Dude, who looks at that anyway? But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, uh, but you know what I realized, and we before we started this interview, yeah, uh, we were mentioning a moment of like, uh, what. What is it we're doing on this planet? Mm-hmm. What I feel, I've the person I've always been is like, what's what's here today? What's going to come to me today? Things mm-hmm. have always come to me, and yes. I've dealt with what has come to me. I haven't gone out and necessarily made it happen. Yes. But it's like whatever comes to me and I say, oh, look at this gift. Mm-hmm. I can either take it or reject it, mm-hmm. whatever. So that's the way my work comes. Mm-hmm. But lately, I haven't been interested in the material that has come to me. Yes. And what has come to me instead are situations, political situations, like the 99-seat theater yes. situation, supporting Marianne Williamson for her run for Congress. Uh, us being out there for Bernie Sanders yeah. because we believe that he was a breath of fresh air who spoke the truth because he had been speaking the truth for the last 40 years. Yeah. And then that translated into Standing Rock. And I think, how can I do anything else but this? This is where my passion is. Yeah. And isn't that what we do as actors? We, we find something that ignites our passion. And hopefully that's something that we do as beings, period. Yeah. Right? Right, right. Um, you know, in, in whatever way. And it's so interesting because I don't, I'm trying to think, I've, I've had Cleo Duvall on the show, Elizabeth Reeser, you, Quinta Bronson, who I, I, yeah. So I've only had like four actors on this show, period. Like that's it. And this is episode 26. Um, and Elizabeth and I barely spoke about work in that sense, you know, and same with Clea. Um, we talked more about her directing and then blah, blah, blah. But what's interesting is that, so a friend of mine had, had asked me and a few other people on Twitter this question after reading this. Um, article about actors and like these misconceptions, pardon me, about actors. And just talking about like the, the article was stating all of these different things and the biggest one had to do with like training and blah, blah, blah. And that every actor, you know, you can learn how to be an actor, mm-hmm. Right. And A, I think that's hogwash. I think that, and this is just for me. 
I think that you either have a natural ability to be vulnerable in a way and to be a vessel and a channel or you don't. And there is a craft. You can learn how to take that talent and become a better actor by having a craft to be able to repeat or make choices and things like that. Right. But you're saying that there's just a natural thing that happens. You know somebody's an actor or not. Yeah. Where it's it, like, you know, somebody's a dancer or yes. not or an accountant or not yes. or a farmer. And that comes yeah. back to passion. Mm. And it comes back to... Um, and I mean like deep passion and like deep pleasure. And, and that's why I feel like, especially in the, in the United States, where pleasure and passion are considered dirty, dirty words, you know, and God forbid you're in your pleasure, especially if you're a woman, mm, you yeah, know? Yeah, the puritanical bent. And, yeah, yeah and, and so... I guess, and I don't even know if that is an accurate word, but I don't know if there's another word that I can come up with. But is there pleasure in your passion with what you're doing and, and, and how you feel you're contributing your energy to creating change? Well, certainly today, there was an absolute pleasure because we won today. Mm -hmm. This was a huge victory. Almost like, oh my God, we, we really did win. Mm -hmm. Because there are so many times when the win is not there, yet the effort to do it is what gives you the joy and the satisfaction, knowing that you are, quote-unquote, fighting the good fight, and even you, if you don't win. But do you think, though, that, that that is in part, and again, to, like, everyone fucking listening, like, A, it's hot, B, I'm just, like, asking some fucking hypotheticals, okay? I, like, can already hear people, like, bah, bah. But there is something I feel to be said like, do you think, like, what would happen if all of a sudden justice prevailed everywhere? Do you know what I mean? Oh. Where, where do you, do you feel on some level, because I know that, like, you um, <clears throat> have a relationship with Marion Williamson, who I have a deep respect for, I don't always agree with on everything, but I have a deep respect for, and I know that um, you and I travel along the same lines in, in terms of spiritual pursuit and growth and what have you. Um, but do you think that there is something that, do you think that we keep these things in place in some way? So that we are always striving to 
get a little more justice, a little more victory? Boy, <clears throat> that's a that's kind of a deep question. I don't think that we're all um, creating um, adversity in order to keep growing. I would like to see a little more winning. Um, that's why I think you and I and mm-hmm. so many people, I mean, I met so many allies during Bernie's campaign. Yeah. And we all translated over to Standing Rock because the issues were the same. Mm-hmm. It was a natural flow from from the campaign yeah. to to going to Standing Rock and putting our energy there because it was social justice issues all the way. Had... Eh, I don't know who your audience is. I mean... The- Had he not been cheated out of his campaign and had the DNC been impartial there would have been a different outcome I know it in my heart but there are forces that are much more malevolent than even I in my naivete am willing to admit and I have to open my eyes to that and because it's all come down now you know and the malevolent, malevolent forces have always been with us that's just part of it, the light and the dark. Well, yeah, and you can't experience one without experiencing the other, mm-hmm. right? Where it's, and that to me, though, it's, <clears throat> I, can, I can just say for me, right? I had said from the beginning that if Bernie gets the nomination, like, obviously, like, die was, like, fucking campaigning for him. Um, and also I said, like, if Hillary got the nomination, fine. And I also, you know, was grateful that I got to have the experience of listening to friends of mine, particularly women of color, that would talk to me also about Bernie, you know. Um, And I got to have a really big opportunity for growth in that sense. Where at the end of the day, and he's the first, he was the first person I had ever campaigned for, period. I didn't campaign for Obama. Like, I voted for him twice. Does that mean I'm not a racist? Because I, like, voted for Obama twice. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just uh, quoting an article about the different Beckys. And there's, like, I think eight different kinds of Beckys. Um, What's a Becky? What's a (laughs) Becky? Becky? Oh, I will send you this article. Becky is essentially like the quintessential white woman. But there are different kinds of Beckys. There's Rebecca. There's Becca. There's Becky. Um, I'll find it and I'll send it to you. Um, (laughs) And it's true and it's great and it's fabulous. Um you know, so he was the first person that I'd ever campaigned for. Um, but I've, but for me, it's my, my, and I don't even want to use that word because that's, that's not an accurate word. My heart and my gut and my soul have always been with those that really, truly desire to create change. And within that, I've 
I've gotten to grow up and through and getting to see that a my way is not the only way and that if I really really want to be a part of a greater change that means that I need to do a fuck ton more listening and I know for me in like my mid to late 20s is very argumentative you know um and I'm, so, I'm, I'm just so fucking grateful that, like, I am not at the center of my own narrative anymore, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? And um, it also, like, it also makes me think that, and again, this is just for me, especially, like, if you read something like Course in Miracles, you know, like the Seth material, Abraham, all of that great stuff, that every single thing is happening exactly the way that it's meant to on top of the fact, and this might be getting like a little trippy guys. If you want to take a pause for a second and light up a bowl, <laughs> like take a hit off that fucking vape, um, that lemon haze, that gelato, that Larry bird, um, and come back. Cause I'm about to go there. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that idea of, Every single thing that um, has happened, is happening, will happening, will happen, is happening in the grand moment of now. Yeah, and it all happens for a reason. Da da da. I know we can, you know, get philosophical about that. I think that the way to look at the insanity that's happening mm. now is that it is being exposed. It yes. was a, a pan, the Pandora's lid is off the box. Yes. You know, it, in Charlottesville, it, uh, Charlottesville, it obviously, uh, you know, came out full force. And it's always been happening. I mean, we follow Sean King. He's always reporting on the, 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 the horrors that are happening to people in his community, especially young men, although women are targeted too. Girl... And, and somebody just said, you know, I'm so glad somebody wrote to him today and said, you know, man, you've got a target on your back. You watch out. And, I, and I, I'm putting the word out right now. I pray that Sean King is always protected. I hope he has people around him because he is exposing a lot of deep, dark, dirty shit. And, and we pray for him. And I, I will also share this with you as well. Um. Uh, like we, you and I have so much to talk about because I feel like the Sean thing, the Sean King thing, is something that um, I could really go forth um, with, especially concerning Leslie Mack, who is one of the co-founders of the Safety Pin Box. You know, who's a really big activist and brilliant, brilliant woman. Um, you know, that has definitely shared some truth with me and shed some light. And I'm just going to send you some stuff. Um, and like taking a second to like get very, very, very clear. 
I think that there are different degrees of wolves in sheep's clothing. And I also feel, and this is just for me, that on one hand, I feel like I've given up in the sense of like fucking Christ, I just know my small, intimate group of people that I love, that I trust explicitly. Like, that's it. Don't care. If they tell me that the sky is red, I will believe that the sky is red. Like, that's how much I trust them. Um, And on the other hand, desiring to have that hope that those that are that are or call themselves or like are activists that do a lot of good, you know, I think that like when you, uh, fuck me, like I don't fucking know. I think there's something to be said that like when your persona as an activist all of a sudden trumps your activism. Does that make sense? Um, I'm not. I'm not quite sure, but I did want to say, if your friends are telling you the sky is red, I hope they're looking at the sunset, because we don't ever want to be so naive that we trust even our friends so implicitly that we deny what our truth is. Well, for sure, absolutely. Yeah. Like 150 gazillion yeah. percent with that. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think that therein, therein lies, for me, like at least that balancing act, right? Where the last few years, and I mean, I've been like, since I came out publicly, I've been political, you know, um... And I was really down for GLAD and really down for HRC, um, the Human Rights Campaign, and Hillary. Um, you know, and then as I, and I came out when I was 20. Mm-hmm. And, and when I came out, it was like a very different experience. And oh my God, and I'm finally officially a part of the gay community and I don't have to hide and I'm in like the industry and like whatever and like blah, blah, blah and all this shit. And then, and I think that like, what is the difference between getting to see the reality versus becoming disillusioned, right? Where getting to see that the Emerald City isn't as shiny and wonderful as it appears to be, like once you're inside, Mm. Mm. you know? Politics um, is is part of everything. Yeah. And um, an organization has a good veneer. (laughs) <laughs> I think we were talking about that earlier. Yeah. But you have to get inside it to understand it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the activists, I mean, I met some amazing people who are, who walk the walk and talk the talk, yeah. and I know I can trust them. Yes. With with my life if I had yes. to. Yes, yes. 
And you just know that through trusting your own intuition. Absolutely. And um, being a realist. You have to be, you cannot be wishing for somebody to be a certain way or wishing for something to be a certain way. Oh, for fuck's sake. Of course not. You have to be a realist. Yeah. Yeah. And and with that too, and I think that like that's the, you know... being open to listening to others mm. about their experience and not immediately denying their experience. Um, and Sean King is an example of that where I had certain people tell me their experience and their truth, their direct experience. And I knew, I knew enough not to be like, well, wait a second. No, he's ba 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 Because I've never had a direct experience with this man. They had. And, and, and so within that realm, <clears throat> getting to recognize that a, yes, we are all human and we all fuck up and we all make mistakes and blah, 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 blah. Um, but also getting to recognize that all that glitters is not gold. And I think that's been one of the biggest lessons and the longest lessons that I've gotten to learn, especially in terms of... my ideals... You know, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, early on, I mean, I remember Obama's speech, don't we all? The Democratic National Convention. I mean, he just blew everybody away, right? Yeah. So when he ran, it's like, oh my God, yes, of course. And then I found out that he was like pro nuclear power, and I went, how can I reconcile that? Mm. I had to be very mature in saying, you know, there is no other candidate that I feel so in alignment with on certain issues and there are other issues that we part ways what are we going to do yes is there mr wonderful out there is there miss wonderful out there that's being mature and and you know doing you know playing the odds of of who the best candidate is and hopefully you know something will change uh, it's not not something will change but somehow someone will become enlightened enough and change their point of view. I'm just wondering what it's going to take for certain people who don't believe in climate change and they don't believe in the science of it, even though there are 98% of all the scientists on the planet say that climate change is a result of man's actions. Mm -hmm. What's it going to take to make people go, Wow. The polar caps are melting at such a rate in the last 40 years. It's unprecedented. Uh, I mean, uh, well... What is it going to take? Well, that's... Well, well, here's the deal, right? You know, that the individuals that are, quote-unquote, in charge, they know what the truth is. They just don't give a fuck. They know what the truth is. 
They absolutely fucking do. Of course they know that climate change is real. Of course they do. So they're playing to their base and they're purposely lying to us. They're purposely lying. But when you look at fucking motherfucker fuck nugget fuck face. Don't use the word nugget. It's too nice. Okay. Also, when they call him a pig, I love pigs. Yeah. So we can't call him a pig. I mean... (laughs) All I can think of is like dick or balls. Because they're like the... the, Oh, oh, the visual. Just like they're... Because they're weak and they get hurt very easily. Um... And what ups? And they're fragile. Yeah, just like what ups. Um, but yeah, what's it going to take to finally have somebody put him away? But or in, instead of all this bullshit about you know uh, impeachment and all that stuff. Well, I mean, they they need he needs a white suit. But here's the here's the deal, right? This this goes to a this goes to a bigger thing, and, and talking about the climate change. You know, when you have fucking the, the, the head of ExxonMobil, right, that has oil fields in Russia, and people, people literally are just doing the best they can to survive. Here in, I mean, all over the world, but here in this country, you know, that it's a privilege to be able to know about things like the polar ice caps melting. Mm, mm. It's a privilege to be able to have access to that information Mm -hmm. and have access to those individuals that can provide that information. And to have Um, the time to do it when you're not out working three jobs and trying to feed your kids. Fucking exactly. Mm -hmm. And then when you were fed the lie, the continual, continual lie that um, even though you are poor and you've got nothing, um, you're white. So you've got something, right? Um, and I think that there is a, I think that there is a, a Lyndon Johnson quote um, but, but while you're looking that up, yeah. though, you know what just just got me? It's like one of that 35% going to realize, uh, most of whom are white, yes, who are struggling, yes. are going to realize that he has been lying to them too, and they're not going to be doing any better. But here, In fact, they don't have the, the, the American dream any more than someone who is even middle class. Don't, but that's the whole entire point. Like, that is the whole entire fucking point. Is that it doesn't... They're gonna... They've been fed that lie mm-hmm. since the birth of this fucking country. Since the birth of this country, they've been fed that fucking lie. And they are still holding out hope that they're going to be able to fucking quote unquote cash in. And the resentment that builds from not being able to fucking cash in doesn't have them going to the people that made the promises 
right? Um, right. Because they feel like they're the failure somehow, but it's the system that's the failure. It's the whole the whole thing has been stacked against them. It's always been a capitalist society, and capitalism is the devil. It's the fucking devil. Um, sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> but this was like really, really. This quote I feel is. Uh, here we go. So this is Lyndon B. Johnson. Um, he had said. Um, If you can convince the lowest white man he's better than the best colored man, he won't notice you're picking his pocket. Hell, give him somebody to look down on and he'll empty his pockets for you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Did he say that when he was president? Um, he said... Before he signed the Civil Rights Bill. Um, oh and it's, it was an... Off-the-cuff observation he made to young staffer Bill Moyers after encountering a display of blatant racism during a political visit to the South. The Bill Moyers? Yeah. Oh, my Moyer God. What tells a hero. it in the first person. And this is from Snopes.com. Oh, so this is checking it for accuracy? Yeah. So it, it, this was the claim, and the rating is true. Do we trust Snopes? Oh, yeah. I mean, have we researched? Because uh, somebody went into... Um, uh, a little bit of their background found out that they were big Hillary Clinton supporters. Just saying. Okay. I mean, I know that back in, I mean, even as far back as 88, the Washington Post has this. Mm. Um, you know, and, and for me, I, I absolutely fucking agree with that. 150 gazillion percent. And you can just... Mm. For example, um, a few years ago, I was coming back from Mexico. I was flying on Delta. And I get there, and it's New Year's Eve. Flying home New Year's Eve. And get there like two and a half, three hours early. Get where? You're, get to the airport. You get, oh, you get to the airport. Yeah, to fly home. To fly home. You're in Mexico. In okay. Mexico. Okay. And there's no plane. They just made the decision to get a smaller plane and decided, yeah, nah, we're just whatevs. It doesn't even make fucking sense. And that's the whole entire fucking point, Right. They sent a, a different size plane for everybody to board. Yeah, to where they, they downgraded the plane. Okay. So from like, let's say like 160 seats all of a sudden to like 100. Mm -hmm. So like all these people got bumped off, including me. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? Delta. Hmm, there's a trend here. Um, How long ago was that? Like Delta, United, like, fuck. So they downsized the plane. Downsized and you got the plane, off. and it, like, 
and they were like, well, we can like give you like a hotel room and like blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, wait a second. We literally have tickets. Who made the decision to change the plane? Like, this doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, we paid for the fucking ticket. Um, and at this time, this was in 2015. Um, so I, I definitely still had some growing to do between then to where I am now. Because how I would be now, I would have handled it very differently. Um, but the point is, is that I found myself getting rageful at these three women, one of whom because she was smirking and then asked me later for a selfie and if I was angry because I wasn't able to get on my flight. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, and no, you cannot have a fucking selfie. Um, but the point is, is that I was so angry at them. I was so angry at them. But I, I knew... I knew intellectually that they had no control over who switched the plane and did the thing and blah, 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 blah. That had absolutely nothing to do with them. They were just doing their fucking job. However, Delta is like the government, is like God, is like whatever the fuck you want to call it. It's an invisible fucking entity. It is a power that you cannot fucking see, but you get to see representations of it, i.e. the fucking, like, ticket check people. And that the employees who the are... Employees. You know, so the employees of- get, like, the fucking wrath. Mm-hmm. They're like the bodyguards for the fucking company. Right. Um, and that, to me, is... is is really um, what it comes down to at the end of the day where it's um, we we get so lost in the justice injustice quote unquote, right? Where it's, um, cause again, like there's like poor, like whatever the fuck, like whatever the fuck. <sighs> but if you have like a few people that are in power and they're scared of losing that power. Well, they're, 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 they're loyal to the company because they don't want to lose their jobs and they, are not taught to ha- be compassionate and hu- human to people who are suffering because you obviously well that's because had a plan. they but that's but that's the whole entire point right yeah so these individuals you know I'm sure are not making a fuck ton of money right yeah. like working a fuck ton of hours I know that there's not unions um. So the point is, is that, but it should not, 
come at the expense of relating to another person, human to human, <clears throat> to have to, to have compassion and to say, "I'm sorry. What can I do? Uh, how can I help you?" Or just listen, because I've been in those situations too. Not exactly like <clears throat> that, but freaking out. And when somebody can just put their hand on your shoulder and 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 absorb some of your upset so that you aren't freaking out. But the point is everything has become so corporatized that the humanity has gone out of any kind of civil discourse or interaction between people. But that but that was like the whole entire fucking point, right? Yeah, yeah. Where Sorry, it's I I know that it has nothing to do with these like fucking people that are working the front desk at Delta. I know it has nothing to do with them. It has to do with like fucking upper echelon fucking management. It starts at the fucking top. Like that's where the fuck it starts. Um, And, but because I feel like we're so used to being in the moment and we're dealing with corporations, we're dealing with the government that we want to find some immediate fucking person to fucking blame to like, God damn it. Like, bah, like you're the face of the company. You're representing the company. I'm pissed off at the company right now. So I'm directing all of my anger and rage at you. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying it's right. And I'm not saying it's fair. However, yeah, it's 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 that it's that person that you're dealing with, and they represent the company, so they should be trained in how to uh, deal with nonviolent resolution of well, things. But what I'm saying is, and and I guess like not well is that then all of a sudden it becomes the employee of the company versus the customer, as opposed to the employee. getting to be on the same side and being like, you know what? Yeah, they really are fucked up. I actually, yeah, they actually do this all the time. And this isn't, and then we get blamed for it and we get yelled at and we get screamed at. And then I have to do this for 12 hours a day for no money. And then I have to go home and then I take it out of my kids or I take it out of my wife or I take it out of my husband or like whatever the fuck and ba 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 Right. Um, And because that to me is, I think, really, truly how change is created. You know, it's not created from the outside in. It's created from the inside out. But because corporations have now become so large and well, if you're not going to take the job, there are 10 other people behind you that will. Right. That sounds like what I hear in acting. Yeah. To which I say... <laughs> scale plus 10, take it or leave it. You don't want it. There are 10 other behind you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, the, the, whole, the whole system has become corporatized. And so, like, and, and so with that, just yeah. in terms of, like, bringing back the humanity, and that, to me, that, like, Lyndon fucking Johnson quote, right? Where it's, um, here you have a government that's pretty much just starting, Right? Um, and you have those 30 years after, um, quote unquote, slavery ended, even though it never really ended, 
Um, <clears throat> and you have a rise of people who are um, of color who are all of a sudden gaining seats in government and getting some power. And there's... I don't even want to fucking use that word because I don't even think that's true. Um, but the 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 minds like institutionalized racism, the seeds are just starting to really truly be planted in a much bigger way. I think between um, like in those thirty years. What, what 30 years are you talking about? I'm not sure. So, like the end of Jim Crow and the Civil Rights Movement? No, no, no. So, oh, geez, Louise. Because the, sea, the seeds of the institutional racism, is, it's, it's there. It's, yes. The garden is growing. The seeds are blowing around and they're being replanted in larger swaths. Yeah. And unfortunately, they're not Monsanto seeds that have one cycle. They they keep growing. It's really, really sad. And, I mean, for fuck's sakes, like, I don't fucking know. Like, that's the thing. Like, that's the, that's the best thing I can say. Is, like, I don't fucking know. I have my... Like you whisper into a man's ear and you give them a little bit of hope, the illusion of hope. Because they're, they want something more for their life. And it's like putting the fucking carrot, the proverbial fucking carrot. Um, in front of someone's face. And it's it's never made fucking sense to me. Like, it's never made fucking sense to me. Like, that's, like, really the fucking truth of it. Like, there's a... There's that certain that that certain desperation that I get. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I went to Pine Ridge, South Dakota, over the summer, and eighty um, percent of the people who live on that reservation are unemployed. Um, the suicide rate is extraordinary. There's a safe house that was just um, created by Chusu Hope organization uh, to protect children from the abuse that happens in the families there because of the frustration and it's a dry county but there was a big liquor store right outside on the perimeter yep and we all know that alcohol and native blood does not mix there's something in their DNA that they cannot handle it the fact that there were 
liquor stores all around. It shows how the insidious greediness of of people who have no caring at all for human beings, human condition. So you think about this reservation, and it gets back to what our country did to the people whose land this is by herding them off into concentration camps called reservations, putting them in boarding schools and whacking off their hair and making them stop, um, saying their prayers, erasing their culture from their memories by forcing them to become citizens of this country Mm -hmm. and learn the white people's Mm -hmm. ways for Mm -hmm. what? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That kind of, of arrogance of everybody's got to think like me and be like me. How afraid must an organization be in order to like put that out there? To not be willing to accept something different. We were talking about diversity earlier. It's like to see some something different than you, like a cat and a dog. You know? Um. I don't know. I the tr- I, I don't know where the fuck that comes. I, I don't. Other than fucking... It's fear. It's... And, right? It's fear. I fear feel- of not... not being able to perceive even past a skin color. But then you can get past the skin color, but then it's the idea. It's like I remember years ago how women would say, Well, I don't really know who I'm gonna vote for. I just vote for all the women. And I'd go, No, don't do that. You can't just vote for women or vote for people of color or vote for people who are under thirty. You have to understand where they're coming from. Yes. You have to do some research. Absolutely. Otherwise, you're going to be fooled. It's you can't vote on surface anything. Yeah. You have to understand somebody's soul. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's. I mean, I get got too far. It's it, because you know what I think it is. It's. Um, you know, I talk about it. Not as much anymore, but like before there was a patriarchy, there was a matriarchy. Before there was God, there was the goddess. And um, I think that introduction into like a monolithic, just single God based off fear, you know, having to meet 10,000 conditions in order to gain access to unconditional love. And... The idea that you are doing God's work, so sacrifice, and there's something to be said, there's something noble about the burden, there's something noble about doing God's work and bringing the ministry and ministering and ba 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 you know, because the more, the more people that I convert 
that I get to believe in Jesus and the Bible and the teachings and the things and the this and the that, the more curry in favor I'm going to get in heaven. Um, and I feel the ones that were in the big positions of power saw and recognized what a weapon religion could be and utilize that um, to one degree or another. Because the truth is, like, what happens when you come face-to-face with an experience or an individual that all of a sudden has you questioning everything that could potentially destroy the foundation that you've built for yourself. You know, well, wait a second. If this isn't true, then what else might not be true? Well, it's about thinking for yourself versus being told what to think. And I think that, you know, religion is is a man-made proposition. Spiritual, yeah. Spirituality on is is a different thing because you have your own connection to your inner reality, your inner source, mm-hmm. and your higher mm-hmm. po- power. Mm-hmm. This whole mm-hmm. religious thing—it's—it's like—it's like the stock market. It's all made up. There's no money sitting in a bank down the street. <laughs> yeah, the stock market is basically make believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I know. it's all illusion, and people commit so suicide. Over these illusions. Yeah. It's true. It's true. And that makes me, you know, it's it's something that that I feel like if... When it, when you had said earlier, you know, that, that like everyone knows that alcohol and, and native, like it doesn't mix. Right. Um, a... I, part of me feels like that's such a stereotype in the same way that Irish people and drinking, you know, don't mix, right? Um, and it also, it also makes me, if you're with... I, this is all because yeah. I know from, from my friends who are Native, they've okay. said it. It's not that I've just like come up with this and yeah, no, no, no. said that it's, it's like a saying or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, just wanted, you know, really, because it was, I was like, uh, um, like, is that Oh, something? I know, it was made a joke. It yeah, was yeah. made, they, they were made fun of and it became a joke almost. But the truth is, there's something there. I think the Irish just like to drink. Well, I mean, if you... I mean, well, here's the deal, right? Like, if you... If I was... However many generations now, and I'm living in a world... That, I mean, f- like, for fuck's sakes, like, of course I will drink. Like, if there, if it, there's a sense of hopelessness, like, no hope, 
I don't care what kind of genetics you have. If it, if the, absolutely yes, that's it. The, the suicide rate on reservations yeah. and the lack of work and there's no hope. It's like fuck it. I'm yeah. going to get high. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, it's it's a vicious, vicious cycle. Yeah, and so yes. and and so for me, it's. <sighs> this is what I truly wonder. And like, I don't fucking know. I don't know if we'll, we'll see it in, you know, our lifetime. But if like enough people are going to wake up and if we really are actually going to end up having our own Arab Spring, you know, where, and a part of me is like, are we already in the beginnings of it? Is, was this the, has this been building since the beginning? That's a good question. He's going to have to do something really outrageous, and I don't know how mobilized people are. No, it's just been, you know, it's been a little bit of this, a little bit of that, not so much to make people... People are starting to become numb to it a little bit. Other people, because you can't handle being outraged all the time, that's not healthy either. It's, you know, putting out so many fires on so many different... Yeah fronts yeah i'm sure there's so much going on behind the scene that we don't even know about we have to know this there's so much going on that we're not hearing about anywhere even on the underground media like of course of course of course of course think a change like that i mean for fuck's sakes what i always go back to (laughs) when i'm feeling really lost and hopeless (laughs) um is A, like my experiences with ayahuasca and my experiences with MDMA and what I got to witness through that. But then more so, so we're sitting in my fucking hot box of an apartment right now in the city of Los Angeles in the state of California in the United States of America, you know, um, in the world. On planet Earth. On planet Earth. That is wobbling. That is just a sphere that isn't even, that is literally wobbling. Not in the center of space. Not even in the center of space. And part of like the multiverse, we use less than 10% of our brain power. You know, like there's so much we don't know. And Mother Earth is being raped and pillaged. Well, Suffering. That's being a woman for ya. Um, and I, I say that with the darkest fucking humor because it's. Um, Where women, our choices are never easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, they're. But you know, like, I just. Well, this is probably the most down uh, interview you've ever done. 
I don't know say? if that's I don't know if that's oh, true. Maybe just the hottest one. I think just pretty much the hottest one, and I think that I should put us both out of our misery right now. Um, for fuck's sakes, um, I like I'm like, will you come back on like a fucking like fall day? In the fall. I was just gonna say yes, <laughs> but I can have a sweater on yes. and take my scarf off. Oh my god! Go, oh, I'm so glad to be inside. Yes. Um, yeah, we'll do that. And, you know, uh, it's kind of good sometimes just to, like, lay it all out there. Yeah. Um, and, and to look for the victories wherever wherever they are, because there are miracles that are happening every day. Just the fact that we can, uh, that we are actually free, we can walk down the street. Yes, we understand that there are other people who have fear to go outside, especially at night. And get in their car and go somewhere because they could be stopped. Mm-hmm. That's 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 an experience that I I don't know, and I don't even know how people can function that way. But I am open to doing whatever, whatever I I can to change it. I don't know how I can change it, but it's the it's the deeply rooted systemic racism in this country in the world Mm -hmm. and it's not just about black and white it's it's it it, men women yellow orange red blue cats dogs people eat animals yeah people are still eating animals that's one thing i don't it's like oh no soy dog meat but, you know, they'll go out and have a steak dinner mm. after going to a protest about, you know, saving animals that are yeah. being skinned alive. Yeah. Is there a difference? What kind of disconnect is that all about? Well, I, again, right? So it's if you were familiar and have grown up with dogs and you've grown up with cats, they're your pets, right? Mm-hmm. But you've also grown up with eating a burger or like having a steak and you don't turn down that meat because paid good money for that. And like most people don't get that and ba 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 Right. And you don't think about where it comes from. And then by the time you get old enough to recognize where it does come from, you've become so ingrained in having that habit. Um, and, there is a disconnect because it's like, well, I didn't have a pet cow. I don't have a pet cow. I don't have a pet pig. You know, I don't fucking know. I just know I like bacon. Um, and cause I, I, I do eat meat. I eat burgers. Um, but like with that too, um, I'm very conscious about like where I get my meat um, and you know, grass fed and all that stuff raised on a farm. And is that all a lie? No, you have to research though. You can't just trust that something because it says well, package yeah. saying grass fed. You have to know the farm. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Comes. But I got to tell you, if you go to crossroads and get the impossible burger, you will swear you're eating a hamburger. Okay. 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 And it's all plant based. Okay. And that's like a new technology that I've heard. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, 
Dude, listen, <laughs> I'm completely, and that's the thing though. It's that like, I'm completely, I'm completely fucking open. It's like, I know, I know, um, that I love animals. And I also know that like, I've got a long way to go. And in, in terms of, um, getting to be in complete alignment. Well, you know, we were talking about climate change yeah, an hour ago or something. And you know, the, um, <clears throat> CO2 emissions from animals is greater than vehicle emission on our planet. There's there's more going on with cows and animals off-gassing and all of the pollution that comes from that than cars. Look it up. I, okay. You and your audience, look okay. it up. Okay. Done. Done. Yeah. Done. Done. Yeah. Done. So, so being... Um, Vegan is is more than not just hurting animals and and allowing factory farming to continue, which is a horrible industry and and ruining our our soil because of the lack of nutrients that yeah. are going in and yeah you know it's it's a vicious vicious cycle oh yeah and it affects yeah. everything it affects someone's health and then they can't get access to health care exactly yeah yeah let's make everybody sick so we can you know give them more medicine and and take their money and yeah it's out of control yeah just uh and being aware of it is and people are more aware and more awake now than ever before yeah. and that's hopeful yes 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 that i fucking agree with and it also makes me want to kill myself not really <laughs> Um, I handed him my death card last year. I'm not going anywhere, but like, it just makes me like want to put my head through a wall. Um, being alive is heartbreaking sometimes. Um, well, you know, I always, cause I, when I was younger, I thought about that, you know, cause we all go through those moments of like, what difference does it make? And I always think, because I had friends who, who died in Vietnam and some who came home from Vietnam and my one friend who came home after seeing many of his friends die said, every day that I'm here, I think I could have been dead back in that year and every day is a gift. So I do everything to the fullest because I might not be here. So to, to think like that, like don't hold back, don't not speak up. Mm-hmm. 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 If if we had offed ourselves yesterday, today yeah. is a gift, and so we're here, and let's let's freaking speak out and speak up and talk about things and help people and take a chance. Absolutely. <laughs> and I would say this: and fucking practice self care and fucking take a break every once in a while. Amen. Because like that Amen. that I think is um, something that is really dangerous especially for women um, because we are natural fucking givers Mm -hmm. and we have been trained to put ourselves last Mm -hmm. and not to put ourselves first Mm -hmm. and self-care 
looks like a privilege. Um, and to a certain degree it is, but like with that too, it's, um, learning to say no, saying no to somebody else is saying yes to you where it's, I cannot do this today. I cannot sign the petition. I cannot look at the website. I cannot read the article. I cannot go to the fundraiser. I cannot go to the March. I cannot do any of that. I've got a date with my TV and Netflix and my like underwear because I wear no pants when I'm practicing self-care. It is a pantless self-care weekend. (laughs) Or just to say, I'm going to take a nap for an hour. I mean, naps are fantastic to recharge, to spend 15 minutes meditating. Even if you don't know how to meditate, it's just, just to sit quietly and let your thoughts go by and just be with yourself. It's not about giving, 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 giving. You have to give to yourself. Always put the mask on yourself first. People say that all the time. I've been saying it for since I've been traveling, since I was a baby. Yeah. Always put the mask on yourself first. Because like if if you need to take care of you before you can take care of anybody else, because if you're not taking care of you, you're really not going to be of of use to anyone else. Um, So with that... um, Francis, I'm so grateful that you came by and did this. Like, thank you. Well, we haven't visited in a long, long time. I know. So it took this with microphones I know. in our hands to have a visit. And it's I been so know. great catching up with you. Same here. Yeah. Um, please come back again. Yeah, in um, the fall. <laughs> yes, in the fall um, when Mother Nature is not going through menopause. And hot flashes in LA for fuck's sakes. And everybody else, thank you so much for um, tuning in. And next week is going to be a good one. Um, and this week is obviously a good one. Um, and really, truly, like, love you guys. And I love your comments on um, the page and all that good stuff. And just rate, review, subscribe, iTunes. I read them all. It's fucking awesome. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.